0: Welcome to the Dividend Talk podcast, episode 33. What are REITs, and should you invest in them? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. I'm your co-host, Engineer My Freedom, and today I'm joined with European DGI. This is a podcast where we discuss our passion for dividend growth investing with our own unique European flavor. If you're new to this channel, please hit the like button and subscribe to us. And check out our previous episodes on YouTube and Spotify. See you on the inside. Wow, what, what a week we've had this week. There's just so much to talk about, I, I don't know where to start. But first of all, I should say we have a guest on today. We have Dividend Dane, some of you might know him from Twitter. Welcome to the show, Dividend Dane, how are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Perfect, and as always, I'm joined with European DJ, how are you? I'm also fine, and thanks for having me on. We will... Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> We will jump into the news in in a few minutes, but before we do that, Dividend Dane, if you just want to briefly just tell people who you are and and what you do a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, as uh, the name suggests, I'm from Denmark. My name is Heino and I um, am also a dividend investor. I work in the insurance business um, in uh, in my 40s and have been dividend investing for uh, three or four years now um before that it was a little more randomized what i what i bought
0: awesome so we're going to talk a little bit about real estate investment trusts later so looking forward to that but before we get into any of that let's talk about we have to we have to talk about gamestop what have you made of this week with all all the craziness that's that's happened
1: yeah it's uh it's been interesting that's for sure um a lot of uh Surprising moves in some very surprising companies that I would normally <laughs> not invest in. Um, yeah, wisdom of the crowds and all that.
0: I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's hard not to have FOMO. I mean, look, looking at this share price, it's it's not it's it's too risky for me, and, and I'm fully aware of the risk. But when when you see a stock price like that go, and on my blog there's a there's um. There's a Reddit curator called Swaggy Stocks and he reached out to me a few weeks ago asking to write a post to my blog, and a guest post, and I happily obliged. And he wrote about about the Reddit sentiment about this just before it it started to pop. I mean, so I I knew something was brewing, but I I just kind of overlooked it. But looking back now, I wish I kind of just read a little bit more into it and and put some money into it. What what are your take on it, um, European DJ? I'm sure you have some thoughts
2: well you know I, I for me it was just popcorn I've been just watching every time and then uh, Chamat came on uh, on CNBC also uh, saying like well it's payback time for the hedge funds and I mean uh, for me it's just fun to see ga- game shop game, spot, game <laughs> <laughs> something like that I, I, it's for me just really fun to watch and uh, um, I wish all those investors lots of profits and um, I saw a nice tweet the other day, like uh, also that Robin Hood uh, stopped, stopped them uh, or forbid them to trade on it, and they said like, "Where's the, <laughs> where's the officer of Nottingham Forest?" Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's it's nice. Um, uh, power to the people, right?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, what happened with some of the brokers was was crazy. I, I couldn't log on to trading two one two, for example, um, on Thursday Thursday night or maybe Wednesday night. It was down for a couple of hours. Um, the Guyro was was perfect. I could log on to them; they they were fine. But I was seeing on Twitter they have these scanners for all the different brokers, and one after one swab, IB, all of them went down around the same time. So it's absolutely crazy what's going on. If if I was a holder, I, I would have to sell. I mean, this can't go up forever. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, I, I I get I get the whole excitement, but there's it reminds me of Bitcoin. In December 2017, when it just popped, and people were getting on it too late, and there are the people that will be left carrying the can. And I was in work yesterday, and one of the guys, I mean, he's he's not into stocks, but he he said he called me over and said, "Oh, you're into stocks. What what do you think?" Is I bought some some game. I said, "Did you own a broker's account before?" And he said, "No, I just opened it just to place that trade." And my exact words was, "No offense." But when people like you are buying shares like this it's time for me to sell it's time yeah. for me to get out of the market because it it's it's parallel to to bitcoin 2017. To so
2: what i would love to do is and i'm really considering that to enter a post on reddit uh put one to to make a case for general electric you know it's <laughs> <laughs> it's at 11 dollar. i could use it at 200 dollars. it would cover my losses so <laughs> if any one of the reddit fans is listening to this please write a case for general electric help this poor guy out come on please
0: <laughs> i mean look look. next week is going to be interesting to watch how this how this plays out i i hope lots and lots of people make lots of money and and hedge funds are not too concerned they'll make money over the long term anyway and um, but just if you're listening be 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 careful it, it can't go up can't go up forever but anything else anything else in the news caught your eye this week
2: no actually <laughs> just all the earnings for the rest of it was just game shop for me so
0: yeah 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 that, that's pretty much it but actually i, I did see a video from uh, sven Carling on he, uh, there was an interview with jeremy gatterman you might remember a couple of episodes yes. ago i mentioned i mentioned I, I read an article and i posted the link and Sven actually went through this interview and, and gave a pretty good case of how this market is overextended and there is a, a chance that it's going to, going to plunge and plunge hard. So I, I recommend watching it. I mean, it's a little bit depressing when you come off the back of, of what we just talked about with, with GameStop. But that kind of further, I don't know, reinstills in me that we are reaching a peak here. We are reaching some sort of peak and I'm expecting a correction definitely watch the video and he links then to a further interview that Jeremy did and I think they are worth watching. It's worth grounding yourself and and being aware of the potential risks. And on top of that, the IMF, the European IMF, the International Monetary Fund, they've now started to send out warnings. I mean, they're saying that these COVID rescue programs are going to risk triggering stock market crashes. So we're starting to see a lot of noise in and around this, and and with the antics from from last week, for me personally, I I think it's only a matter of time.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm um, cash rich, rich. So let's J and J come down with forty percent, and I'm a happy buyer. I mean, that's how I look at it. Uh, yeah, really cool.
0: Yeah. So we will move on to our main topic. We're going to talk about real estate investment trusts. It, it's it's an area that. I'm starting to look a little bit more into. Um, I've, I've been DMing David and Dane on the side, and he's, he's, he gave me some companies to look at and, and they've been great. So we might just start introducing it. So David and Dane, if you'd like to just briefly describe in your opinion, what a REIT or a real estate investment trust is.
1: Yes. Yeah, so a real investment trust is essentially uh, there are two types. I'm talking primarily about the U.S. because that is where the term comes from. There are two types. There are equity REITs, which is um, any type of company that owns building buildings or land that you can do commercial, uh, any type of commercial activity in. Um, they don't have to be a real estate investment trust, but they can be if they choose to. Um, that's one type. Um, then you have what is called an M and an M is a company that uh, invests in mortgage-backed securities. So essentially, they buy mortgages that then people pay interest on. Um, that is not my specialty. I'm not wildly familiar with with uh, with mortgage-backed uh, securities in in the U.S. So I'm not going to get a lot into that um but but the the equity REITs it's it's as um, is a it's a pretty big thing um, the the largest company that is a, that does real estate in in US is not a REIT that's called blackstone blackstone owns real estate all over the the world and for some other reason it's not a REIT but but uh, people would in in our community would would probably all know uh the company with the ticker code O, the Realty Income, which is something a lot of people have and then might not be wildly familiar with what it is that they actually do, but that is a that is a that's a, an example of a read. But a read can can essentially be anything, any type there's a lot of different types of reads. So that is a, and,
2: and what is the um, benefit for dividend investors to own real estate investment trusts?
1: Well, a real estate investment trust, uh, the reason for it is its existence is that it the company themselves don't pay corporate taxes in the u s. they so but they are obliged to pay out their earnings in dividends. So you say they they pass on the taxation to the shareholders so a lot of uh, dividend investors are interested in in REITs because these companies have to pay out dividends if they don't pay out dividends they can't be a read so I to agree. most to most people that that is uh, so it's very it's very attractive to dividend investors because of of the structure of of the company and
2: Is it an easy for a real estate investment trust to also pay growing dividends?
1: Well, that depends on on the business. And that is why uh, you can't just put all REITs into one basket because they are wildly different in their business model. What, I mean, you could, I mean, I know of of a REIT that is, as its main business, they own gas stations. You know where where you you go and fuel your car and that might not be long term something that'll grow wildly with the uh, with uh, electric vehicles coming so they they might be you know 25 years down the road they might be dwindling but then there are other uh if i mean if you look at data centers for instance uh the past 10 years it's just been explosive growth and with uh with with everything becoming increasingly digital, then the amount of data that needs to be handled somewhere by someone uh, increases, then there's an increasing need for, for data centers. So yeah, it depends on the business, mm-hmm. whether or not you can, I've we're gonna get back to that, but um, I've picked a, a few where you, you can see uh, some pretty significant growth
0: cool you you mentioned that a read has to pay out a, a certain amount of its profits in, in dividend so recently a company called tanger ticker skt they, they've yes. cut they cut the dividend so what happens in in that case to REITs? how how do they still be a reed after after like they, yeah. they caught it suspended it for example
1: yeah because uh, it's it's like any other business essentially if you're not making any money you can't be paying out any money and Tanger, um they the, the 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 real estate they own is very very retail oriented it's not prime real estate but it's they have a lot of these uh models and stuff and uh, a lot of their their customers uh, were shut down i mean the the, the companies that then lease their their buildings, they were shut down through COVID, so they can't pay their rent. So Tanger is not making money and then they can't pay out any money.
0: Do they have a time period before they lose that read status?
1: Yes, I'm not entirely certain of uh, of, of how long that is, but but there is a, a limit to, to it.
0: Yeah, because you know? yeah, I, I know they've reinstated the dividend now, but yes. at, at the time, I, I bought them. I, I mentioned it was one of my biggest mistakes. I bought them. And we, we we get back to that, but I was wondering how, like I knew REITs have to pay a certain amount of their their profit. So how how could they actually suspend the dividend and what happens to that company? And I, I know they they lose their real estate license or their reit license. I just wasn't sure how long it might take. I, I'm, but, I'm not entirely certain. I'll,
1: I'll be honest with you.
0: I'm
1: yeah,
0: entirely I'm certain sure. how long it is. And and in terms of REITs, is there any tax benefits compared to normal securities or, or stocks? Not
1: not to the individual. Uh, so if you buy a REIT, you, there's no benefits uh, to you because it's essentially viewed as a stock. Um, but there is to the company that they don't have to, to pay their corporate taxes
0: that they would normally do. And is that the same throughout the U.S. and Europe, or are there varying, varying rules across the two different continents? There are very
1: various uh, varying rules. Um, European countries tend to have, uh, depending on the country, of course, but they have more strict uh, taxation rules. But it's essentially the same. It's been more or less adapted. The... The read, uh structure, if you will, um, that was in place in the U.S. has been more or less adopted with some modifications and that varies uh, through each individual European country. It's not, it's not uh, all European countries that have reads. Um I've, I have a list of them here. It's Belgium have them, Bulgaria, Finland, France, Germany, Ireland. And uh, UK, Spain have them as well.
0: I didn't hear it Denmark. Most, Denmark on no, that list?
1: No, Denmark and uh, Sweden are not. So for for I mean, we, you talked about Castellum, right? Yeah. And Castellum is not a REIT. It's a real estate company, but it's not a REIT. So so uh, at, 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 it's a it's a significant difference because it also you could you could say from from the from the company's point of view you can say they're not their hands are not tied with regards to their earnings i mean if they have a, a, a magnificent year and everything and they have a lot of cash on hand maybe there are some interesting options for them to use uh, maybe they can buy another you know, some some more real estate somewhere at a very appealing price um so they don't pay out in dividends. But if they were agreed, they would have to pay out, and then they would have to go uh, secure financing for whatever they, they wanted to invest in. So, I mean, there are benefits, and there are there are pros and cons in everything. Yeah,
0: that's, just, that's, that's, an, that's an interesting concept, because I have came across that with Vinovia in, in yeah. germany recently i mean you you view them as as a read and and that's what i thought they were but then when, when you read and it was phil who we had on a guest who pointed out to me that they're not an actual read in in a read sense because they don't have to pay out a certain amount of their profits in fact they say on their annual reports we we aim to pay out up to 70 percent but they're not they're not tied to that they're, they're, they're certainly not tied so it's it's probably one of the key differences in, in europe that it's probably more common for these kind of structured companies rather than, than read. So it's, it's just to be careful as a, as a European investor.
1: Yeah. That is one of the, within the read structure, there are some other differences. Um, the main difference is accounting wise. Um, we don't have the same standards in Europe that we do in, in America. So, um, if you read uh, uh, like a quarterly or annual report from, say, Realty Income and you, then you have a European read, uh, it'll be, there will be differences that you have to be aware of when you're trying to, to, to make sense of it. Um, in the U.S., um, there is, they use uh, a certain amount of depreciation, regardless of whether or not the, the value of the real estate depreciates and and then that depreciation is then added on later to the net income so it's a there are some differences that you have to be aware of when you're when you're you're looking at at these reports
2: yeah i noticed that when i was analyzing castellum because they don't talk about funds from operations they talk about um, invest no i said net profit from property management yeah. Which is effectively kind of the same, uh, but to your point, uh, it's um, it's even cold different for that reason. And what I also liked was kind of a fun fact that you brought it up, because they made a deal with Blackstone to sell 18 billion, uh, for 18 billion of swe- Swedish crowns their, uh, their assets uh, when the Entra deal will uh, w- will go on. I think it should be an announcement in a few days, right, uh, about the Entra deal in Norway so fingers crossed because it might make it really attractive there but uh, they already uh, started selling 5 billion so yeah <laughs> yeah so uh what, my question uh, that i had for you is like you obviously know a lot about real estate investment trusts so i was wondering where does the passion come from for for, for this sector
1: well for me it's um i actually came across um, this real estate management sort of by accident, really. I mean, it was uh, I was I was doing something entirely else, and uh, and was looking to to uh, to to find something new, and then an opening just came, uh, and then I found it really really interesting, and I have a a very close friend that I've known since child since childhood. Was done very, very well for him himself. And uh and he is invested in some real estate uh all over Copenhagen. And um so we've talked a lot about real estate and I helped him start the the managing side of of it uh here and so it's it, it's become sort of a passion and interest, if you will. Um and I'd like to probably work in, in, in that area again at some point.
2: Yeah. And is, do the dividends play a role there? Because generally, we know that real estate companies pay a little bit above average dividends compared to other uh, yeah. other sectors. Let's say,
1: um, ye- yes. I mean, it 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 sort of it sort of makes sense to me. The whole dividend investing kind of or dividend growth investing kind of made sense to me when, once I really started um, taking an interest in that. I mean. To me, it, it makes sense that that I invest in something and then they, they, they pay out. I'm not a trader. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to jump aboard the GameStop train and, and just cross my fingers. It might go to 3x and, and then I can go out. That's not at all for me. It's um, I want to see, I want to uh, look at a company and say, I, I believe in this. I can see a future in this. I understand what it is they do, and um, and I'm and I'm bored. And then they pay me a dividend, and then I can reinvest that dividend or invest it in something else. Or so so. And once I, I, I got into the whole dividend thing, the real estate was a kind of an interest of mine, and then uh, it it just came natural. No more. Maybe last
2: question around that: How much of your portfolio is approximately in real estate investment trusts from a dividend portfolio point of view?
1: Currently, it's probably around 35 percent.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: So probably um, high.
0: <laughs> a, a little bit high for for my portfolio, but I can see the I can see the attraction. But but given given your experience in in the area. Do you see any opportunities at the moment for investing in, in REITs, in, in sectors, or what are the catalysts, et cetera? Yeah,
1: well, the thing is with with REITs, and because the companies uh, with that REIT status are so different, there are a lot of, um, you can ride a lot of major trends through real estate. I mean, if you think that the whole digitalization and Data being growing and being needing to be managed. If you if you think that's a trend, you can buy a data center. If you think that uh, e-commerce uh, is probably gonna be even bigger, you can you can buy real estate that that dives into that because Amazon and whatever these companies are called, they need distribution centers. They are thriving quite a lot um the same thing you go with uh, the 5g rollout by uh you know the, the companies that own the towers right and, and and we can go on like uh one of the things that that is starting in america is um we've had it here because european small countries are smaller like these food delivery uh like hello fresh and stuff like that um You need buildings that are designed to hold food. That means that the buildings need to be have refrigeration and all those stuff. You can buy a company that has buildings uh, like that all across America, and and we can go on and on and on um, if you want. Uh, You have in major metropolitan areas in the in the U.S. apartments have become very expensive, so they become smaller. And then you ha- don't have you don't have room for all your stuff. So people have been buying like these storage units all over, uh, and it's been the several companies there. So you can you can kind of dip into different parts of of uh, real estate. It's not just real estate. I mean, if everything was just hotels or apartments, it would be one
2: So you're really looking at secular growth trends um, in exactly. some of the um, sub industries. Cool.
0: That's a that's a nice way of looking at it. Have have you ever thought of the cannabis trend? I think yes. uh, I uh, Wolf Wolf of Harcourt Street yes. brought it to my attention. That is it. Yes. IIRP?
1: Yes, I I R P. Yes.
0: PR, Sorry.
1: Um. They are since they they got on the exchange in late '16, I think, and it's up 1,145 percent since then. Wow. and they increased the dividends by 726 percent so in that time so yeah you should have uh, gotten on board that
0: train for sure i, I I've, pro- I've promised wolf that i'll i'll look into them i think it was like uh, six weeks ago and I, I just haven't yet but i'm starting to think that i should
1: it's a niche it's a it's a it's not a huge company i think it's around four and a half billion so but they they um they they have buildings designed for companies that that handle the the medicinal uh, yeah. cannabis
0: yeah so uh, uh, that leads me then on to my next question what is one of your favorite reads
1: oh well <laughs>
0: i i kind of included uh, IIPR in
1: that <laughs> because of wolf <laughs> but um I would say that uh, I like currently one of the the companies I really like is called Prologis. Ticker is PLD. It's a um, industrial REIT. They uh, they that's the distribution centers uh, for Amazon, etc. Uh, it's a seventy eight billion dollar uh, company, so it's quite large, and um, they've been growing that they grow their revenue about 20% every year and they keep reinvesting and, and, and growing. It's um, they're up around 165% over the last five years, uh, the stock price and the dividend is up around 35-40 uh, around percent in that time period. So that will be a company that I definitely could uh, see. And it's the biggest in that and, and biggest is better. It's easier for them to go to the to the banks and, and finance uh, acquisitions. So, yeah.
0: Are, are they U.S. based?
1: Yes, that's a U.S. based.
0: Have you got any European reads on your list?
1: Um, not one of my I, I, the not one of the ones that I kind of included in my. But I do know that another one I included on my list is called American Tower Corporation. They are called AMT it's a telecommunications tower and know they just require acquired um, a lot of of the uh, the cell towers that uh, I think the Spanish company telefonica um, owns um, in a quite big deal um, they are they are a global presence and I think that they are definitely moving into your heart it's a that's a very Attractive
2: company as well. So maybe a question to you, EMF. Which which real estate investments trust do you own?
0: I've got the monthly dividend paying company. Oh, obviously, realty income. And I've recently bought Vanovia as well, um, which, as we establish, is not a real in the real sense of the word, but it's it's in that area So th- th- they're the only two that I have. I, I do want, I do want maybe one or two more to bring that sector up to about maybe eight or ten percent of my portfolio so i'm definitely going to look into some of the ones that wolf has set to me first of all and also dividend yeah
2: so maybe a fun fact i'm um, i'm having one of my larger positions number six or seven is in omega healthcare investors because it's effectively for old people in nursing homes and uh, i felt like well america's getting old all these people in florida they must they must find a spot to uh, spend their last days because that's really really was about and uh, it's been doing me quite well because it has always had a yield around eight percent quite safe it even this even though this uh, the yield spiked to 15 16 percent during uh, covid 19 it popped up quite big again um it's such a company I should have never had in my portfolio because I bought it because others recommended it but uh, you know, sometimes you just uh, uh you know you win something without even uh, understanding why and you just keep it then right
1: so definitely yeah. i actually have a couple of uh, I found a couple of irish reads that you might want to look into uh there is one called green, yes, green i'm green.
0: aware of, of green and then there's one called hibernia yeah Hi- hibernia and green but i i did own green um they were one of the first. so when, when I started buying shares about glamby and about Green um at the time, but I think Green have have gone now at the moment. So I, I know the Gairo sold my shares for me without me asking and and get me back. I actually made a profit on them, so I was I was quite happy at the time. But yeah, I, I believe they're gone, but Hibernia are still are still there. There's
1: also I, called uh, Iris. I I E I R E S
0: read okay I never I never heard of them I'm, I'm I'm always see Ireland is such a small place so I, I feel like there's limited room for growth for, the, for these companies I mean Dublin is getting saturated it's 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 the main place if you compare the size of Ireland to Manchester in the UK for example it's the same population so I prefer that's why yeah. I prefer European yeah. or bigger bigger countries that can expand a, li- a little bit more but know that there there's there's good they're good companies that well, Hibernia is a good company, I'm not sure about Iris, but I'm I'm staying away. I, I got born to a green, as I said, so I'm staying away from Irish for, for the moment. Is is there any any in Holland? Or the Netherlands?
2: No. Yeah. Well, maybe not officially called a real estate, but what about Euro, Euro commercials? They own a lot of the shopping malls. The um, oh um always a very juicy dividend and i think it's a belgium company wereldhaven you've got unibail robanko rodamco
1: um, yeah there belgium companies can't be reads so they i'm not wildly familiar but i know that there are a few in uh, in belgium but but holland is not does not have the read status at such so no not
2: the read status but i know that euro commercials is yes. one of those unibill rodamco they are treated yes. like yes. such kind of companies with juicy yields yeah
1: pretty pretty big uh, some of them have some what they've been a little exposed during this COVID, because if i mean having a shopping center right now is not probably
2: Yeah, I would stay away from Eurocommercial for sure and if you read their, I read uh, their annual reports of the last few years and uh, They had big plans also to go to I think Half a year quarterly dividend, but then when COVID kicked in they they withdrew withdrew all of that So it's no, I would not not recommend any one of my family to even consider Eurocommercial as an example at this moment
0: I, I do have one more question and one one of the criticism that i find about dividend investing that that you see online or people often say to me is that we tend to get a little bit too heavy into reits for for the income because because the dividend is so high and it's it's a fair point but is there any dangers for investing in in this area
1: of course but again it's about uh it's it's about the the underlying business um there have been some companies in this sector that have been just smacked around uh, during this COVID because they essentially lost all their business. I mean, if you run hotels or uh, you have uh, movie theaters or or gyms and they are shut down, I mean, you're not making any money. So, so some of them, but it. it I kind of sometimes feel it's like second guessing who would ever have thought of COVID a year ago. I mean, or a year and a half ago, we, none of us could ever have guessed. And and so this is like a black swan kind of event. I can't really, some of them, yeah, they, they might be in, uh, I, I would say some of the, the retail apocalypse, if you will, that, that people have sort of been predicting. Um, it, it is only somewhat true. Uh, it depends. Again, it's, um, if you have a strip mall in some shitty area of, pardon my French, uh, of some town, it, it might not be, it might not be the greatest thing, but, but, but you know, it it's prime real estate will always do fine. I mean, Go to any major metropolitan area and there will be areas where it's just attractive to have a store or a restaurant or whatever it is you need.
0: Yeah, I I agree. So my last question to you, and it doesn't have to be a read actually this time, but if you would maybe give one stock from Denmark, one company that you would consider for our community to it has to regions. be an
1: overlordist, doesn't it but yeah of course just uh um just not to to be uh but it's a it's a it's a different kind of stock but it, they they're actually quite good on dividends and it's a large cap stock uh it's called scandinavian tobacco group and it's not um tobacco in the sense like when if you buy Altria or something like that it's not cigarettes they produce cigars and they produce like the top line of cigars cohiba they own uh so it's like the premier brands of of, of uh cigars globally and it's a it's a niche and they're very very uh they're very um investor friendly with that evidence let's put it like so that might be a, an alternative to no one risk
2: I'm just waiting for the day that Lego goes public. I mean, I will be the first buyer just as a sentiment buy. It'll never happen. No, unfortunately not not in my lifetime. Yeah. Okay, so thank, thank you, David and Dane, really helpful. And I think it's also really interesting for uh, some of our followers that the, um, Always wondered a little bit, like what is real estate investment trust? So, if you have any question, also feel free to reach out to Dividend Dame. We'll put this link to to his Twitter profile also in the description of the the, the podcast notes on Anchor and on YouTube. So maybe it's uh, time to also look a little bit at two companies that we had in the uh, that reported their earnings this week, and maybe EMF. You would like to take the first one? I, of
0: course, I'm going to talk about T. I mean. By the dip isn't it on under 30 so we should be loading up on these but uh, I, I, had a, I had a look at, at, at their earnings and I, I wasn't personally overly impressed okay and i know they've beat expectations but expectations weren't incredibly high the bar wasn't wasn't set wasn't set too high i'll start with the positives i mean there's the subscriber growth was high so they, they've it's up nearly six million i think the prepaid group is up a lot as well so it's good the free cash flow is always solid so their pay ratio is around 50 percent. Um, and as i said they beat the estimates but i i i was struggling to understand so i was i was going through their going through their quarterly report and it has their their debt their net debt was 146 billion they have and i was trying to work these figures out and i could not match those figures up so I was writing to Dividend Wave, who has been great this week because I hadn't had much time, and he's posting all the updates live on Twitter as we go along. So, so I reached out and asked him, "Can you figure out about this debt?" And he has the same issue. I make it about one hundred and sixty-seven billion, so it's 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 a big discrepancy. So I'm I'm not quite sure what they're doing with this. I mean, th- they've said that they're reducing their debt, and that's that's one thing that I've always said. Look, they're reducing this debt. They're reducing this debt. It looks like it has actually increased. So I'm waiting for the 10k to see where this money has gone, where they're actually reporting these figures, and and why my figures are so far out. Um. So, so that's my my biggest gripe. I was expecting a dividend increase. They, they've kind of hinted that they will this year. So they've said that. The free cash flow is expected to be 26 billion, and our payout ratio will be high 50s. It's it's low 50s at the minute, so well, it'll be a one percent increase at some point this year. It'll be a token increase to keep their aristocrat status, but I wasn't overly impressed. Uh, net income was was much much lower. This was obviously due to lower revenues, but then they've also had impairment charges and stuff, so it, it wasn't it wasn't great, and it wasn't that bad, but. I was expecting a little
2: bit better so i'm telling you we, we spoke few shows ago about reading the balance sheet and goodwill yeah. we were also one time talking about at&t of about what was 150 billion, 160 billion goodwill on their balance sheet they uh, uh, i said wrote off 10 uh, percent of that now it's just a start and what happens now is that the assets will become worthless because of that they will need to sell it the debt will stay this means that their uh, credit ratings at a certain moment will come under pressure. The reason why they are uh, doing so difficult about it, either because they have a CEO CFO that doesn't understand how to write an annual report, yeah, because otherwise he would have understood that we are looking at, as investors looking at such things. So either he's not qualified for the job or they are misleading us on purpose. It's simple like that for me. Everyone knows that uh, investors are looking at their debt profile and at the debt because that's the main worry about AT and It, yeah,
0: it's it's the biggest biggest concern. Uh, what are your thoughts, David and Dan? I know you you have a position in T. I think.
1: Yeah, I have a I have a minor position. I I initiated uh late last year. Um, kind of the, uh, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's this. this Business is going to grow a lot, but the dividend is solid. It's pretty good. It's pretty high. Um, they might not be growing it a lot. That's okay. I mean, it's it's pretty as long as they keep paying at this level at my investment. That's that's okay. Um, and it's a kind of a, a hope that if they can start being viewed as more of a streaming company than a. Than a telephone and a tv company then that might mean that 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 the share price is going to increase um i'm not in love with the stock or not or or the company but it's a it's a it's a minor position and i it's a it's a starter position it's just a you know dip my my toes and and uh let, let, let's see where, where where it goes and yeah you can always i don't think it's gonna it's not gonna tank but it's not going to explode. So if I get bored with it at some point, I might just sell it and move on. But
2: I'm with you. You get just seven percent yield for that money. That's what you're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, they 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 need to get rid of tv they, they just need to just cut their losses now at this stage, don't they? It's just like a a bad omen hanging over them. But anyway we'll, we'll we'll move on i think you looked at a european company this week i think have you
2: yeah i looked a bit in at sap i think dividend as well so chip in uh, when you feel like uh, what i found really interesting in general about sap so what you need to know what listeners need to know is that this company is struggling a little bit or catching up with the transformation into the cloud they missed out initially on it um i think just because um, they were so deep into the licensing model that it took them quite a while to to wake up that the world is changing around them they finally started changing it it's going really slow so if you if you look at the at the they're really still at the beginning in my opinion around their cloud transformation and um, i said the impact is still minimal when it comes to the bottom line However, if they are able to, because what I did notice in their earnings is that they are outpacing, at least the cloud is a little bit more outpacing than the decline in in the licenses. So what what happens, what you also saw in Microsoft in the beginning, Azure was really little, right? But if you grow with a compounding annual growth rate of 30, 40 percent or more, at a certain moment becomes meaningful. This is not yet the case at SAP and the growth rates are smaller there. However, um, I think if you look five, down, five years down the road, they might have done it because the main benefit for SAP is just that they have a lock-in in all those companies. It's so hard to get rid of SAP even, even if you did all your best. So I think the um, the earnings were a mixed bag from that point of view. um I said, on a full year basis, their total revenue didn't really change; it dropped one percent. The cloud revenue grew 17 percent. It's around eight billion now uh, on a yearly basis, whereas the software licenses business is around uh, 15 billion and it declined with a billion. So it it is kind of therefore also uh, balancing out. But if you then look at um, uh i said uh uh q4 you could you could argue that it didn't went as good as they were probably um hoping for uh when it comes to deals that they made so i mean it's it's for you soon to uh chip in dividend gain, but if i looked in at the share price at the moment i think i f- i feel s- i still feel that it's on the high end and that it uh, should deserve to be a bit lower for the Quality that they are delivering at the moment. So, mix back.
1: Yeah, totally agree. My sentiment when I read it was meh. I mean, it's just, it's bland. It's it's not bad, but it's not good. So, it's just, yeah. Um, and and then I was thinking, is this a good entry point? Mm, yeah, but I would like it to be a lot lower. Because I would, I would have to. SAP is like you said, EDGI. It's a, it's a good company, and the companies that run SAP systems, once they're in, they ain't getting out. You're going to be in that micro system forever, but, um, but there's not a lot of growth there yet because they, like you said, they did, they didn't get on board with with cloud and until late in the process, so. If you wanted to buy a, a software company, I would I would find it a little hard to justify going into SAP compared to, say, uh, Microsoft or or something or something similar to that. I would I would you I know mean SAP. If you just look at it individually, yeah, it's a very investable company, but I I think there are better options out there currently.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I agree. It's 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 good that you mentioned Microsoft actually because they were one. I think we should briefly touch on. I mean, incredible. I think is is yeah. the word. We they, they blew it out of the park. Let's be honest. Such. A, yeah, I mean,
2: for me, such an Nadella deserves a statue on Wall Street with what he has done with Microsoft. They should just put him there between the bull and the beer they should just put uh, satya nadella there i mean he is a master in what he did with this company how he turned it around and the profits and like uh, we could just copy paste what we said after the q3 earnings yeah it's everything linkedin xbox office azure it's 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 uh, what is it this this whole power bi it's everything it's amazing you know it, it's really amazing
0: yeah, they, they they don't seem to have a weak link in their in their armor. So, I I kind of wish they they dropped under two hundred. I was I was hoping. I was being greedy. I had it had a purchase order, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. No.
2: And uh, what do you think then about uh, Apple or Three M?
0: Three uh, M, I, I believe you have a video on YouTube about about it. You, you've done a really nice video, so maybe you might be more. Best place to to talk about how they went
2: so what's probably good for people to know is when you look now at the earnings right they were quite high in the cash flow as well but what 3m has shown so 80 percent of those bump in earnings beca- was due to uh, cost control yeah so cost cutting uh, and, and downscaling on the costs that's why their earnings are so much up now you could say like is this sustainable probably not but it just shows how well managed the company is yeah, because if a company can can do this it means it really knows where their costs are it really knows how it can easily downscale it to 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 get well out of it and just in general um you know i, I always appreciate good management as such and i just want to make a call out for what 3m has done when i went through the annual report and and when it comes to the support of COVID. Yeah, with all the masks that they produced all the all the uh, PPE for the nurses and and the first responders for me it's just amazing what they did the, the, this company um uh, we should rewrite later just because of all their efforts um uh, in helping out fighting COVID. it's amazing
0: and and there's a common common team there isn't it between Microsoft and, and 3m and it's it's management I've know you yeah. you've, you've spoken about this before how management is important we 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 talked about IBM, where the management is just lying idle. Yeah, lying <laughs> idle. And pardon your French. And we've, we've got 3M and Microsoft that that have have great management. So it's um, definitely something I'm I'm considering a little bit more. Um, and I think a lot of investors would do well to to do that as well. What about What about Apple? I don't have a position in Apple. I, I don't I don't ever plan on having one. Really, um, they're not on my radar, so I, I haven't checked them out. But
2: Yeah, it's my top four position now, actually, Apple, because I bought it at $130 pre-split. Um well they they I think they earned hundred twelve billion in a single quarter. So they were expecting hundred three billion for the first time ever in a single quarter, and they they knocked it out of the park with hundred twelve billion. 111 i don't know exactly uh, i think with with apple you don't even need to measure on a billion here or there anymore in a quarter because <laughs> it, 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 it is even like marginally not impacting anymore uh, but imagine how many phones these are and how many apps and how many subscriptions it's insane this company is insane uh, what they are earning and and the stock price didn't bump on it on the news, right? They all went a little bit so so so. It it shows also a little bit that I think we're at this moment where people start to wonder, okay, that so even ten percent above expectations for both companies is not anymore increasing the share price. That mean that means that signals something. So,
0: well, yeah, maybe it's already priced in. People people expected it, and it's it's priced into the market already. Maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're just at the top somewhere with this.
0: cool so we might move on then to our listeners questions we've got we've got a few here and we'll start with dividend wave yes today what is the most amusing or surprising moment of all this week
2: yeah so for me it was really um uh when i saw the earnings coming in from 3m when i read the report I i was really excited i was really excited i didn't expect that dividend Dane.
1: Yeah, I I I, I can't re- remember where I saw it, but it was this small company that got caught up in all this uh, GameStop, uh, Joe or whatever you want to call it, uh, a small oil company somewhere uh, with five employees selling seventy barrels of oil a day, and a stock that that just you know never gets traded. And then all of a sudden the, the company rose like a thousand percent in the blink of an eye and everyone was just, what's going on here? I found that quite interesting.
0: If, if you're one of those employees and you have shares in that company, what, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Cool. Um, so the next question then is from Phil. And he asked us, what is the most exotic stock you've ever had?
2: So I had to look it up, but I couldn't find it anymore. But 10 years ago, I remember I had a penny stock, which was a Russian uh, plane manufacturer. <laughs> and it was not Topolev. But I remember buying it for, I don't know, 1 euro 20, and then it went down to 1 euro one day, one forty the other day. I think I sold it, at, I don't know, 40 cents. So that's where my 100 euro uh, went, because that was my kind of investment st- Investment strategy at the time. I felt like, yeah, well, who doesn't like Russian airlines? It sounds cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. How about you, David and Dane?
1: Um, I was caught up in all that a couple of years ago. I think it was in 17. All uh, Everything that was related to cannabis in Canada was just the hot ticket. And um, I've always been kind of. The time. I don't want to buy the same thing everyone else has. So, so I I was looking through all this list of cannabis related companies in Canada, and I found some small grower somewhere, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go for that. So I bought some. It's probably just a farmer with a field somewhere and a greenhouse, and yeah, it didn't really go well because I didn't I didn't sell in time. It was up. Quite a lot at some point, then it just fell. You know, in a in a couple of days, it it went from fifteen dollars to to like three, it was like, "What's yeah?" So not a
0: big hit. <laughs> yeah, mine is in a similar area in cannabis. I, I bought canopy growth, and I remember when I bought it, it shot up like twenty percent straight away. And there was talks of cannabis being the new the new trend. I was like i'm on it here i'm going i'm going to i'm going to hit the jackpot and i i found out pretty fast uh, <laughs> i did not hit the jackpot it-, it it tanked just as quickly as as it went up so that's about as exotic as i got it wasn't the new gamestop <laughs> no it wasn't hey i wish i got into kodak and, and gamestop at-, at-, at the right times. so i i don't have these powers to foresee the future so we, we have dividend doc um and he's asked a question for for you uh, dividend and he wants to know where can one learn more about how to evaluate a REIT
1: well there is a uh, uh there is a, a like a, an organization uh of REITs in in the U.S. called N.A. REIT uh it's uh, they have a website called REIT.com they, they they there's a lot of educational stuff there and there's also a lot of um like industry sources and news, and um, there are some some other sources. Um, I know that if you if you're a beginner and you, you want to learn the basics of of just how to to look through a, a, you know a financial report, uh, Investopedia has a couple of uh, decent articles on there um, that also explains uh, some of the terms because you know, normal metrics like EPS and PE values and stuff like that is completely useless. So um, go on there. Um, there are some pretty good writers on Seeking Alpha that I, I could recommend, um, uh, like Hoyer Capital and Colorado, Wealth Management do a lot of research on, on REITs, so are pretty good follows, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen some on, on some of the brokers like the Gairo and interactive brokers have have educational yeah. you know, articles on them. It's a good place to start because they give you the fundamentals that, that you need to know as well. So um, yeah, good. We have a question then from uh, Richland and I, I believe you answered this already on, on Twitter, but he, he asked us, to, do you guys have any experiences with ETFs? Um, he's, he's kind of at a loss as to why so many stocks, as well, are shown red even when when they when they beat earnings? Um, my take on ETFs is uh, we we spoke about it in, in Ireland. We have ridiculous rules such as deemed disposal, where we have to pretend to sell every eight years. Drives me absolutely nuts. So I stay away from ETFs. Um, and in terms of stocks looking red on earnings, earnings are short term. Uh, I, I mean, I never buy and sell based on a quarterly earnings it's more the sentiment of what's happening into the future and i think that's that's what they are and if you're seeing a stock they, they might have beat estimates and i have pointed out earlier estimates can be set so low that they can do nothing but beat them but it, it's really are they showing progression or our future growth or, or or so on and I, I think you mentioned something similar to that as well dividend yeah and
1: just
0: with with regards to the ETFs,
1: I mean, it depends a lot. Like you said, with the taxation, some of the some countries have some rather peculiar laws regarding uh, the taxation of ETFs. And but in general, I like having a small portion of, of ETF um, because of the diversification that it that it gives me. Because I don't buy Apple or Facebook, yeah. something yeah. like that. And, So I can get it through an ETF and still some broad market exposure.
0: Yeah, look, I recommend just checking out our episode on ETFs and and you'll hear myself and Ed Joy's opinions on on them. So our friend Dapper Dividends has has a question for us. And he asked us, is there a more important metric than free cash flow to determine the health of a company? and potentially give early warning signs of trouble ahead.
2: The amount of footnotes in the annual report.
0: I, I can't remember who, who said this, but there was a quote that if you read the footnotes of an annual report, you're ahead of the majority of investors, because I can't imagine too many people people read them.
2: Yeah, I read them sometimes, and it's uh, insane what they write in there. And um, but and they need to, yeah? So all the bad news is in the footnotes. All the good news is in the CEO message. So for me, uh, reading the footnotes and also reading the risk part of the annual report, just the top three, even if they write 20, just the top three, you get a good feeling of where the risks are for the company and what they're struggling with. So the top Susan,
0: three after covid because covid is is obviously the number one risk for everyone at the minute so skip skip covid
2: uh, I'd be surprised how often they put uh actually what i see the most is the uh, low rent the low interest environment they usually put at number one hmm. so that's usually the first one that i see and then they say like so if rates go up it might have a material damage to their whole uh earnings so this just tells me why we are in this uh in this situation that the FED keeps buying stuff and printing stuff because they know once they start changing their policy, they will put all these companies in trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of a metric and just pure numbers for me, cash flow free cash flows is the most important. Uh,
2: yes. But I also look at, uh, for instance, debt, debt ratios. So the financial health, not necessarily because you have the, the current ratio, you have the interest coverage ratio and you have the debt to equity uh, uh, yeah. one, and one of those three i also find always really important
0: pretty good okay and we have a question that goes to you european DJ from pedro and he asked do you ever feel overwhelmed about the stocks sometimes he feels like just selling everything and, and going for an etf strategy
2: um like in a week like this yes yeah when when I can't keep up with all the earnings and I also need to be a father and a, and a husband at home it's tough um, you know I've got boring ETFs in a retirement plan and that's more than enough I just like stock picking it's my passion like there are a few things that I like it's football and stock picking so I mean okay let's look at the boring ETF what what do I do then the the, in the week I don't check share prices anyway, really. So
0: I mean, what, you, what should I
2: do? Be home? Be be sad? And You could become a better footballer and play more football. Um, the only way is down at this age. So <laughs> uh, for me, look, I always recommend to my friends and such, buy an index fund or an ETF. Don't even bother doing stock picking if you don't want to spend the time on it. Yeah. yeah because once you start stock picking you need to you you need to commit yourself to reading annual reports being able to say in one two sentences why you like a company otherwise just buy an in- index and don't don't otherwise it's just gambling so yeah and maybe
0: your portfolio size is a little bit too big if you're overwhelmed like you don't have to look at every single stock like there's there's plenty of stocks that i don't know about or i, I don't care to look at Mm -hmm. I prefer to to look at my portfolio first and then if there's like like Apple for instance I know they are a a good company but I'm not going to read their their earnings or annual report I I don't own them there's there's plenty of people out there to tell me what happened so stick stick to what's in your portfolio
2: and ignore
0: the rest really
2: and then even just your top five or top ten because usually your your let's say top five or top ten define already half the portfolio for most investors uh, even if you have 30 other stocks. So just those five to 10 is already enough because the other, other 20, 30 might not have a meaningful impact anyway.
0: And, and over time, you'll be so used to your portfolio, you, you know all those companies inside out. So it becomes less tedious and you, a little bit easier to manage.
2: Yeah. I kind so, of think. Yep. Now go on. I kind
1: of think that if you do your homework once you invest, You don't necessarily have to look at all quarterly reports.
2: If you're a long-term
1: investor like uh, and you invest for for dividends and dividend growth, I mean, if you do your homework and you decide that AppBee is a good company that you want to invest in, you don't need to read every single report in detail. Unless the stock tanks 30%, you might get the sense of something is wrong. But if it just goes along nice and easy, then everything is the way it should be i kind of think if you look through one of your stocks once a year that's that that should yeah. be yeah yeah
2: and usually you know what you're looking for because you have yeah the hypothesis telling you why you bought it so for instance for t the first thing i do is, is i i i literally do control f balance sheet i look at the depth what happened to it that's it and then i google uh sorry i do control f free cash flow Ah, oh, seems seems normal, same as last time. Good. Next, yeah,
0: yeah, very good, very good points. You you don't really need to get caught up in in quarterly reports, and and it goes back to to Rickland's question about stocks looking red after after earnings. I mean, earnings is it's it's a short term short term view. You the annual report is really all you need to be reading. You, you don't need the rest that. You can glance over them and get the sentiment, like like Intel, when it dropped 9%, 10%. Then read it, what happened. But, I mean, you don't need to go into details all the time.
2: It might be maybe why they're asking it uh, as well, and they need to just send this to, on Twitter. But what I often hear is that beginning investors feel afraid for the amount of money that they are putting in the stock market in general. Yeah, and then reading every report doesn't give you more feeling of control i can tell you that so if you're generally concerned about the money you have in the stock market then it's better to consider about that right Uh, why does it concern you if you have that you have so much money in the stock market is your risk tolerance not right uh, for this
0: Uh, yeah and and of course uh, yeah of course stocks might not just be feared and etfs are just a, a better strategy if if you want to set and forget ETFs are, are definitely 100% a 100% better, a better strategy. Okay, and the last question then is from Dividend in Check. And he asked us, what do you think of ADC as an alternative to realty income?
1: Yeah, so um, Agree Realty um, is uh, similar to realty income in the sense that they have the they are both what is known as a triple net lease read Um, what that means is that uh, the company owns the building but the the building the tax um for the the building uh, what what's it called Uh, the land tax the uh, insurance of of the on the building and the upkeep of the building is passed on, and it's the responsibility of the entity that that rents the the structure. If you will. Uh, so, so they're they're the same. Um, Agree Realty is primarily um, retail. Um, they have a lot of uh, Walgreens, as uh, as you probably know. Uh, they have a lot of Home Depot. They have a lot of. Uh, they, Their portfolio is quite good, and they are doing some – you can buy – a lot of the stores has this that uh, are designed that you can buy online, and then you can pick it up at the store. It's a thing that they have been rolling out aggressively um, with their their renters. Um, It's it's dipped, I believe. It's not a star I follow that closely but it was expensive at some point i believe that the prices come down slightly um and um yeah it's i would it's very uh it's an appealing company and that they they are doing quite well they um, they don't pay out monthly so like like uh, like realty income so
0: well then it's not an alternative then (laughs) (laughs) no no I, i I, I didn't know much about them. I had a little read of them just before we went online. And I think they've, in, they've paid or increased for 107 quarters now as well. So they're quite a solid dividend growing company as well. So from my 10 minutes of looking over them before the show, they they, they look okay. Um, and maybe a, a good good company to have as, as part of your portfolio with, with realty income. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of the show. Um, David and Dane, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been great speaking to you and, and, and meeting you. Um, you have a lot of knowledge on, on REITs, and it was interesting to hear your perspective on them. EDG, is, as always, it's been a pleasure. We, we didn't get a rant this week, but maybe we'll talk about IBM <laughs> a little bit more next week um and and again to, to all our listeners if you listen this far thanks a million Um we would appreciate if you left some reviews on our podcast it really help us to grow we've noticed that we've started to get a couple and it's it's helping us so we would really appreciate if you could maybe leave a, a review um but thanks again for listening and we shall see you all next week thanks for
1: having me on guys